0: Welcome to the Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 7 episode 13, is that right? Yeah. Bury me here. Lucky 13. I've dug a hole for this podcast <laughs> and I want you to bury me in it. All right. <laughs> what do you think of this That's episode? That's what
1: but did you leave, did you leave a giant penis shaped line of shopping carts to
0: point me to the place you want cuz I, I, I if without I did. the at
1: that okay was one think of that the other. pleasantly
0: surprised by the <laughs> the largeness of the penis shaped arrow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> did you use metal or plastic shopping carts? Little of both. Really? Yeah. So you I, got I, some all these plastic wedged in the metal? Mix and match, yeah. All right. Some have like cup holders. Some <laughs> have baby seats in them. Wow. That is a fancy fa- fancy penis cart. I didn't want you to miss
1: it. Well, so on the one hand, the in the era of morgalization is dead.
0: Uh, okay,
1: yeah. So I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, or is it undead? Do you think it's ever coming back? I don't know. It might. It might. It might spring eternal. But but the on the other hand, I feel really bad for Gimple because in retrospect, I can see a lot of these things, like little what I guess he would consider subtle story beats that culminate into this revelation and the this mirrored storytelling between uh, Morgan and and Carol. And I'm and 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 this this rich history that he thinks he wove in with Richard and mm-hmm. like the, the, the even going back two weeks when the, we thought the Saviors were short or on their offering by one and then the guy counts and mm-hmm. just to set all this up but it it just falls completely flat it falls flat like three day old soda it just didn't right. work and I found it hilarious <laughs> oh okay so you didn't like this episode at all I'm. No, I I like where it went and where, but okay. it, it, I, I just feel like really really bad for Scott Gimple that he thinks that I I, I think he he pushed back from the keyboard on this one is like yeah yeah this is the one I'll be remembered for this is this is where I brought it all together at the height of my showrunners and I I just was embarrassed
0: right so I I mostly agree with you there I think you know there's some interesting stuff being done here it's just like those things where he sets up what pays off in this episode needed to work on their own yeah they needed to work in the moment and we were just laughing at them in the moment yeah uh and and scratching our heads and going what the hell this doesn't make sense in the moment and you know you can you can crow all you want about you know plot points coming together in this Mm -hmm. episode and and making up for it but i just don't think that's the case i think it has to work both then and now yeah And, you
1: know, like, it's just from little things. Like, they try to do this cold open that that is a flash forward. Mm -hmm. And it's just stupid. It's stupid and pretentious because you've got these people very clearly setting up this giant box truck for one melon. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, what the hell? Okay, I don't know if this is interesting or not, but I'll go along for the ride. But the ultimate reveal is their full offering was 12 melons. Yeah, right. Which just doesn't make a sense. It so like you're doesn't. just frantically trying like what did I and there were off one was it's like I I thought that this was going to be a fuck you to the saviors. Like here's your one melon, here's where we declare war bitches. <laughs> right. And ah uh, no, yeah, we will we'll get of a peace offering. And, and and there's just a couple, yeah. I mean, I am definitely going to do a full autopsy in this episode because yes, mm-hmm. there were a lot of things tried and attempted that just I don't think worked. But okay. I thought it was really funny. Like, last night, I, I laughed the hardest I've ever laughed during Rich's tearful... Con- no. No, okay, God, no. no. <laughs> Rich's tearful confession to Morgan, and Morgan just stonewalling him the whole time. That was so intrinsically funny, I think I laughed the longest and
0: hardest on any live watch ever. He did, yeah. For people who haven't seen our uh, bad guy Walking Dead series, where we play through the games... That's a strategy that we employ very often. It's to just totally stonewall just, someone. Just select the, the dialogue branch that says dot, 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 because it's funny yeah.
1: when you do that. So there's no response, and they just keep going on. It, and it's hilarious in the game when you do that, and they actually went there in The Walking Dead. They, they, played, they played a Telltale game, they just s- selected
0: stonewall strategy <laughs> yeah. for an entire scene. Yeah, it was pretty good. But uh, that's the thing. Like I feel like Lenny James is still doing really good work here. Yeah. Like Morgan in that scene is a coiled snake and, and I, Melissa McBride. I'm afraid of him. And the
1: guy who played Richard was good. Now yeah, there's some yeah.
0: like Weevil girl. Weevil girl needs to go. She was bad and the joke she was given was bad and the timing of it was bad. I feel like she was, that was all she bad.
1: won a fan contest. Right. Like like yeah. get a speaking role in The Walking Dead. It was like what the fuck. And also the the Negan's henchman that's mm-hmm. the Liaison for Kingdom worst one of the worst actors i've seen on the walk i almost said the worst but i'm like man there was a some lot some of bullshit ones. in Slabtown. town yeah there's a lot of chuckleheads in the prison plot mm-hmm. so like i'm gonna back off of that but he is one of the worst and in, in, in a linchpin position right so
0: yeah okay maybe we should get into the episode
1: uh like i said first episode first scene it's the cold open and they're loading one melon carefully like i mean
0: Mm-hmm. They're rigging this
1: box so it's like perfectly centered in the bed, and, and yeah. they're all just super bummed out
0: about this one cantaloupe. So uh, let me ask you this. And it makes no sense. They're, clearly, they haven't stuffed this truck to the gills. They've got one melon in a giant truck. Mm-hmm. I I get the impression that the saviors don't actually know what the hilltop looks like. Doesn't don't know their capabilities. They've never been at inside, all. right?
1: But still, we were introduced to these people, and they were offering
0: pigs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, surely their offerings the have last gone offering, way downhill. Well, th- and that's the
1: thing. Like, why yeah. are, are they? Uh, it, they haven't sold us a narrative that the hilltop or the kingdom is intentionally sandbagging the saviors. Because if they were, that'd be brilliant. Did I say
0: hilltop earlier? I meant kingdom. you might have, and yeah. who cares?
1: But. That um, they might have sand, they might have been sandbagging, but they haven't really established that. So it's right. like it just seems like the offerings got weaker and weaker. Like, do they? Yep. Is there? Is their contract really just bring us twelve things? It seems like it. it yeah, could be 12, just 12, pigs, twelve of anything. It could be twelve car batteries. Yep. it could be twelve clean it, it could be twelve whatever. used condoms. It just has yep. to be twelve, not eleven, but twelve. Yeah,
0: it just seems ridiculous, and I, I don't get it. It does, but it, it gives me the impression that this box truck is. As far as the saviors know, their only vehicle. Because why take a giant truck? But last to week transport they, a they single used melon, a Subaru
1: Outback or something. It wasn't that giant box truck that they brought oh, to you're offer. Right, I'm telling they you. They popped. The this hatchback. storytelling is sloppy as hell, and I feel like there's a whole thing on the cutting room floor that might make this make sense. But you I don't know, know. whatever. Uh, we then go to Carol's cabin, and she's waking up from a nightmare. Uh, Daniel's brother is up. At dawn, training both staff with Morgan because he wants to knock his brother in the ass, um, which Morgan correctly deduces that really he meant to say, I want to be like my brother. I've had brothers before. I think the knocking on the ass was the the (laughs) honest answer. Uh The other one is what you want to tell your sensei, so he'll get with the knocking on ass training. Yeah. Uh, Carol then walks into town in the most badass way possible. She takes out multiple walkers with nothing more than a street sign. Uh, Daniel is so impressed by her ability to kill four or five walkers that he immediately offers to be her squire. Um, Carol's like, no, I don't got time for this
0: bullshit. And I think, I, I don't think it's Daniel. I think this is Ben. Is Daniel is your, his brother? No, Daniel is, a red haired. Uh, red-haired, uh well, ah, shit. There you go. I've, 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 mixed Kingdom up, Soldier. I've
1: mixed up the thinly character knights. I can't <laughs> believe I've, right. I've, I've done such a thing.
0: This guy's Ben. Benjamin.
1: All right, yeah. Ben. Uh, Ben. Carol then goes to Morgan, demands to know what really goes on to Alexandria. Is everyone okay? And Morgan's like, "You got to talk to Daryl about that. It's between you and him. And we can go to Alexandria and find out the truth right now if you want to go." And Carol says, "Nah, I'm going to go back to my garden." And she loses her nerve at, and 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 as she walks out of town, Benjamin once again begs to be of service to her again. And he goes, "You know, I got this yeah. dro- I got this drop I need to go on today, but I can skip it if I can spend time with you." And she says, "Nope."
0: So there's yet another person she's condemned to death. It's I don't understand why Ben is so impressed by this five walker kill. It's not like she was spinning and doing flying kicks and backflips. And I mean, we've seen Carol B. shown these things. We've seen
1: Carol be a wrecking machine before. This was sure. just her being like base level
0: competent at surviving, right?
1: So you know, she
0: she got in a tree and she poked them with a sign. It
1: really sells how terrible Benjamin is, right? You know, first of all, he's his his chosen apocalyptic weapon is a fucking broomstick because he's been a victim of morgalizing. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's let's not get too lost in the weeds here. Uh, Richard buries a Katie backpack in very suspicious pre-dawn circumstances. King Ezekiel surveys his kingdom and sees it as good. Uh, He sees Mm -hmm. if he's got his knights harvesting cantaloupe. He's got his people. I don't know. Doing people things or planting gardens. Yeah. a terrible actor comes in and, and is afraid of Siva and gives him information about his crops being infested with weevils. And then she goes, but the good news is, your majesty, is you can cut it down, you can burn it, but if you want it, it can all come back. And then, and, and I'm not making thinly this up. veiled allegory very thinly the veiled. most extraordinarily thin <laughs> like like if you fail you, you got i mean i don't i maybe herschel maybe scott walker can spit this shit and make it sound good but you got no. like you just drug someone off the street put him in overalls and said here read this script no you don't get the practice i want to hear it live yep and then and i'm not making this up for the x amount of percentage of audience that just wa- listens to her podcast and doesn't even watch the show anymore mm-hmm. she pisses herself because she is
0: so afraid of, of Ezekiel's tiger, and then slowly backs out of the room. And it it doesn't feel right. It feels it feels completely wrong because one minute she's engrossed in what she's telling Ezekiel, right? And and she's very much ignoring the tiger. And all the tiger does is Roar. growl like for a second, a right. half second. Doesn't move. Doesn't right. lunge toward or nothing. And she says, "I think I pissed myself." Yeah. And it's bad delivery. It's a terrible line. It's poorly timed. It's just. This whole scene it, it, is bad. It feels like it feels
1: like a joke, and I'm not talking about the obvious. I, I right, like they're Scott, going for a joke, but
0: not that joke. It
1: feels like something that Scott Gimple put in here just to piss us off. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't wait to I'm a listener podcast and see when they get to the amateur r- r- reading the pissing line.
0: I mean, it's the same with the junkyard people, right? <laughs> like the trash, the trash folk. Are there just to piss people well, here's off? The too. Scott Gimbel wrote this episode. Yeah, he is the. I'm, I'm, that's yeah. why I'm singling
1: him out. Uh, you know, especially because this is. That's fair. You were <laughs> the writer of this episode, <laughs> man. Uh-huh. Um. Okay. So yeah, and then like I said, a thinly veiled allegory. It's let's let's keep moving on. Uh, Morgan and Daniel. Uh, or I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Morgan and Benjamin are talking. Um, Benjamin has brought in him a gift. Uh, but first, they talk about the the the, the t- tail of the bow staff book that uh, Morgan gave him. Right, he's still thinking about it. He's quoting, "Oh, the injury, of the opponent is to injure yourself. No one, no one wins that kind of war." Oh, watch out! More more allegory incoming. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm starting
1: uh, to feel a little shaky
0: on uh, Ben's uh-huh, life
1: here. Uh uh-huh. huh. He, he's he's given Morgan this. I don't even know what to call it. I, it's a dopey lightsaber-looking bow staff
0: velvet painting of an anime character. <laughs> How would you describe you it? About? I think it's a matador and a bull charging him. What? Yeah, I with, paused to look at the circle with an X through I think he's against animal cruelty. Is <laughs> what I think. Oh, or violence in general.
1: Because perhaps. I thought that circle was like a, the like like the line was the glowing bow staff, and the circle was like because they're twirling it. I, I didn't don't, see the bow, the bull so. at all. Yeah, your screen must have been real dark because okay. it was kind of hard to see. I paused and tried to look, and I'm like, it, it looks like it looks like somebody from Akira twirling <laughs> a lightsaber, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, okay, I <laughs> guess, I guess that's bow staff friendly. Right, yeah, okay, international no sign. You say, yeah, over uh, I th- what I think is a matador. It's a little tough to see. Yep, and they give Ben like you know a, a a girlfriend, I guess, in his last appearance on the show. Who's never named? Who's never in, named? Because it's just going to make us feel like, like, like uh, you know. Yeah. I, I see uh, Gimple. He like leans back from his keyboard, brow furrowed. Audience isn't really connected yet. Mm-hmm. I know. Let's give him a coming a coming of age girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's helped him with this stupid velvet painting? But, but,
0: Scott, we don't have time for
1: that in the episode. i, I just, You know what? I'll just have Morgan say a girl twice. Oh, and that'll okay, be enough.
0: Okay, sure, Scott. That'll sure. be enough
1: because everyone's had a girlfriend,
0: their first girlfriend before. Everyone knows what that's like. Yeah, and then he gets a standing ovation in the writers' room, and right. they print it. Right, right. And they start filming that day. Uh huh. No chance to read the lines. Right. No chance to rehearse. <laughs> um. So then Richard
1: talks about his life before the collapse. He said because he's talking about this guy having a girlfriend. And for whatever reason, Morgan's like, he's too young to have a, to have his own child because, oh, because he's he's taken on the child-rearing abilities of his brother. Mm-hmm. And Richard's like, not me. I was a, at the perfect age, the perfect time, at the perfect family,
0: and the perfect life. Yep. And – I would say he does not have a perfect memory. Right. <laughs> a recollection of his, his exact scenario. Right. Um, we'll get
1: more of this backstory later, but he goes, you're a good man, but you're wrong about this killing thing. The days are coming that you're not going to be able to be this good. And then they mount up to take their 12 fucking cantaloupe again. They're going to drive this box truck out with 12 cantaloupe to the saviors. And that's all the saviors want from the fucking kingdom. Yep. And... Jerry, there, there's the one. There's a good part of the episode. Yeah, Jerry is just going to town on this cobbler. He's just eating it's just it with this in his, a napkin. He's in a napkin. He's, he's got... eat, eating it with his bare face, not even <laughs> his bare hands. Right. His bare face. <laughs> and can you see he looks at him like Jerry, leave the cobbler uh, behind. And Jerry goes mouthful of collar, <laughs> and he gives him. I would say puppy dog eyes, except for they're for henceforth going to be called Jerry eyes. Jerry eyes, yeah. And <laughs> Ezekiel
0: says, "Okay, then," because he can't he can't make Jerry sad. Yeah, Jerry's really got this like Hurley from Lost thing going on, like yeah. the big cuddly teddy bear who's like comic relief most of the time. But you kind of expect something from eventually
1: it's the thing the difference is like hurley was developed pretty strongly early on
0: where jerry literally is just the guy who's inappropriately defensive of the king and kind of a doofball and it hasn't mattered yet like jerry hasn't really mattered so i'm i'm letting that kind of lie maybe they're gonna really slow roll his character development but Mm -hmm. uh, i think there's potential there because he is entertaining at least Indeed, uh, anytime
1: Jerry comes on the screen, my yeah. my uh, my screen brightens, and mm-hmm. it's not just because I take the LED settings and put them to maximum. He just just lights up my screen. Uh, so they encounter a roadblock on the way to their offering. Uh, there is shopping carts all wired together into the form of a penis or arrow, if you will, mm-hmm. that points to a shallow, unused grave. And 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 Ezekiel then goes on a monologue, which I'm going to fully quote for you. Oh boy. This world drives one mad. People must live forever in misery, genocide, tyrants, systems of quiet hate, while others enjoyed freedom on the same piece of land. If this is how we must exist now, it is but luck we are all not insane. But but here's the thing <laughs> the, I, I think that's that's an original Scott Gimple speech. Like I it's okay. not like he's quoting Shakespeare or anything, right. and that's really bad.
0: Yeah, it's not great. I honestly don't even know what he's getting at. I, he's just trying to. He's just trying to. Just saying things suck, and it's. I'm surprised none of us are insane. Like like Ezekiel like
1: really? and and then Benjamin like essentially feeds him another line like oh yeah, yeah. you're right Majesty so we'd all be crazy but you've given us a better way mm-hmm. you've given us a tiger and Shakespeare uh, anyway. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, they show up, and they're late because they had to do this shopping cart penis detour. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ezekiel tries to explain it, but the douchebag, head douchebag of Negan's, who I I don't know his name. I don't know if they've established he has a name. Yep. Don't he's, care. He's the worst. Uh, he interrupts, and then Jerry says, don't interrupt the king, and he gets cracked in the face
0: with a, 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 a broomstick. He does. And, and this guy who cracks him. You can see like when they're pulling up, he's in the background, kind of swinging this stick around. And Which he is, looks like a complete dumbass. He is a he's
1: a, what they call him a rat faced prick. I agree. He is a rat faced prick, and he's the one that's causing all the trouble at this drop off. And this guy who is the, the 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 lead henchman, I don't know whether he's a, one of Gimple's high school friends that has footage of him clubbing baby seals or what. Uh, but why you give like uh, all of Negan's other henchmen have been able to hold their own to some extent or another Mm -hmm. this guy is just like a tapioca pudding in a bad wig with a bad mustache and goatee i couldn't tell you what he i couldn't describe his face his face is the
0: shape of a melting orange sherbet bar (laughs) right like, melting onto Matthew McConaughey's face, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Like, it's all that's, distorted. That's too much of a foundation.
1: It's just nondescript. <laughs> right. Melting in onto one of those mannequins at JCPenney's uh-huh. that doesn't really have a face. There's, like, concave yeah. depressions where eyes might be and, like, little, <laughs> little pouty point where it's just a mere suggestion of a face. <laughs> that's what this guy looks like. And he delivers the line. There's no inflection. No, he delivers the line like a mannequin.
0: He does. Yeah. He does. No, it's ho- it's horrible. This guy. It, maybe he's great in other shows. I don't know. I've never seen him before. But in this, this material m- is not doing
1: well. Right. Um. And and again, you're one shorter. You're offered twelve melons, which we've already talked about how. Re- I I can't say enough about how ridiculous this is. They gave him a whole fucking stock when I first met this fucker. Mm-hmm. The kingdom gave him a whole fucking boxcar of pigs. Yeah. And, and just a couple episodes ago, there was cans of gas and batteries, and yes, melons there too. This is just 12 melons.
0: Yeah. Like, what kind of rotation are they on? Is there like... Every third Wednesday of the month, you get 12 melons, and the fourth Wednesday, you get a truckload of the good stuff?
1: They've sold them on a crop rotation. You see, we we, we need a couple of... We need to give melons until our pigs replenish or whatever. Right. It's strawberry season. We don't have any
0: melons for you. I'm sorry. And I get that Negan hasn't been
1: inside the kingdom, but he must have an idea of its capabilities and what its people are doing just by the size of it and how well-armed and equipped and healthy they are. You would think so. So, and, and, And also... Also, by the fact that they gave him 12 pigs at one time. Yeah.
0: yeah. 12, 12 fucking pigs. Certainly, this is the smallest offering by far. <laughs> 12 pigs can go a long way. 12 cantaloupe? How are they... Is there some mechanism by which they're communicating what they want this week or this delivery? I don't know, maybe we haven't seen them like talk about. Okay, next time it's twelve melons. That's what I'm saying. It's bring just, them in. It just seems like
1: you have to bring us twelve things. Like he's like the fucking count from Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. That's just that's what gets him off if there's twelve of whatever.
0: And yet they've agreed to twelve melons. Do they stop by and say, "Hey, uh, just a reminder, mm-hmm. friendly reminder, you're going to mm-hmm. owe us twelve melons next Thursday." Yeah, I'd say keep all the melons. Give me one pig. Y- I want that bacon. Yeah, I, I, I want a I, hundred pounds of meat. As opposed to 12 half-hollowed-out cantaloupes. Uh, so this guy says, give up your guns
1: because I'm about to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel bargains back, give Morgan his stick, which, what? Uh, the guy intones that the problems have to end, and you either have to use your guns or give him up. He Ezekiel, did. for whatever reason, because I think he's got the numbers, he showed up, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but it seemed like he had about double the nights that he normally has in these situations. Mm-hmm um and ezekiel says give up your guns so they're like we're gonna have to teach you a lesson right now and he trusts the rat face prick to pull a gun he points it in richard's face we think richard's gonna get his face blown off because all this season he's been saying richard's on deck richard's on deck richard's on deck this guy aims to the right at the last minute and they cut to a fucking commercial break (laughs) right a fucking commercial break, guys. Yeah. I don't have a huge problem with this because it wasn't the end of the episode. Well, but... I'm going to
0: make you wait five minutes so I continue to recap the episode. Because... Okay. I'll talk about the scene then. Uh... <laughs> so at the beginning, the, the tapioca mannequin man is talking about how things have become stressful lately, right? Like, these meetings are getting more and more stressful. And I just can't help but think maybe if you left dipshit dumb pants here right. behind, shit wouldn't be so stressful. Yeah. He's the source
1: of every problem at this exchange. If you leave False Beside Jesus at home, none of this happens. Right. Right. And I don't know why he can't see that, except for he's the worst character of all time. Yeah. Uh, So they end up shooting Benjamin high in the thigh. Uh, which, surprisingly, this pisses off the Savior leader. Looks like a rat-faced McGee, false beside Jesus, freestyled a bit on this. Mm -hmm. Um, Benjamin's bleeding out, but I'll be damned if Tapioca Mannequin Face isn't going to, even though he understands the gravity situation and how bad of a fuck-up this is, although I don't, um, he's like, wants to give his message. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You guys, not one, but three, or or, or 11, 12 melons, and you'll have them here tomorrow, and all this other crap. Which yeah. is the other thing is like Ezekiel offers to go back and get him twice as many melons within the hour. Right. That's a better I, – I just, I, I just don't understand why this precipitated so quickly. Uh, anyway, it, it, Benjamin's bleeding out. Uh, he finally gets leave to b- let go. Richard is shocked. He's just staring there like, an, uh, like a like a landed fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pile him into the car. And oh, s-
0: all the while, Morgan's shouting, Hey, hey, there's this woman named Carol. Hey, we loaded up her w- with medical supplies. Right. She has all the medical supplies. Let's right. go get them.
1: Right, because they
0: have not established any of that. Well, not even though they haven't established it. Even if they had, it's uh-huh. like... You're really going to shout about a woman who's all by herself with a load I, of medical supplies in front of these fuckers? I, I
1: thought about that, too. Like, yeah, there's a woman living outside that just is loaded with, yeah. Yeah. Cobbler. Cobbler until the day comes, the, the cows come home, too. That's true. Uh, so Carol's planting a victory garden when they roll up, and it's too late. Benjamin is, is a, they've severed his femoral artery or something. He's just bleeding out fast. Um, and he says, hey, it's Okay. To injure your opponent is to injure yourself, which I think they're getting at—that they've they fucked up big time because by killing me, they've they've started something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he dies, and they've ruined Carol's rug. Like she had this really nice rug tied the room together, and it's just got this giant blood. She didn't ask for any of this shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Morgan then goes outside and goes on a clear era psychotic break yeah like he starts flashing back to his wife and his kid and killing zombies and almost kills himself almost decides to go and and kill I himself think? in the shallow gra- or is this
0: a flashback no 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 to he a was, time
1: he almost slit his wrist he's either dilute no i think he was going to slit his wrist there at the katie grave oh okay and he in in, in his commotion and his rampaging, he kicks over a plastic barrel where someone has hidden a single cantaloupe. Someone and he he realizes that somebody some some somebody's up to no good. This wasn't a simple mistake.
0: No, not at all. This was a machination. Oh, well, he realizes that it's Richard too. He's got a flashback of when Richard. yes came came up from the back of the group. Yep. and you can see that. Yeah, that box in the background. Yep, and he
1: he confronts Richard about it and says, "It should have happened to me. I wanted it to happen to me." He took uh, Daryl's lesson from a few episodes ago to heart. Says, "But we've done nothing. Just like when I was in a camp and all things went down, and there's a city of tents and latrines and wood smoke and babies crying." I thought there were stronger, smarter people, and so I did nothing, and then when a fight broke out, and I guess, like, he, you know, long story short, some bad guy took over, and he lost his wife and lost a daughter, mm-hmm. and he blames it because he did nothing, uh, because he just waited. So, Morgan, he says, uh, Morgan is just stonewalling them through this entire thing, and he goes, you have to either kill or you kill yourself, and I'm like, holy false dichotomy, Batman, <laughs> Um, but right now we have to convince them we've learned our lesson and put them to sleep, which what's so funny is because we've been saying that for a season and a half. Like the clear way to resist is to just do everything that they want to feign that you're just completely passive and lure them into a sense of complacency. Mm -hmm. Then you strike. No one can fucking execute this, Richard least of all, because Richard is, the, is a number one guy mean-mugging him at every single drop-off.
0: Yeah, and he's instigating the whole thing. And Rick is doing it, and Daryl does it, and everybody treats like... So, so let me throw a little wrinkle in here that I think is actually pretty interesting. Um, Richard has a challenge, because he he's working under someone who is actually complacent themselves. You know, King Ezekiel thinks that they can just live like this now uh and he's got to you know lull them into a false sense of security while also changing ezekiel's mind and that's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do and i'm not saying he went about the right way uh but he's in a tough situation here right um so anyway and uh, once he suggested like i'll be the one to lead the army i knew he was dead and within the episode (laughs) right
1: right uh, so we then see Ezekiel com- comforting Benjamin's brother uh, Morgan is wandering the, the The kingdom at night Um. So they go back uh, They go back to the drop off The next day and Morgan's with Richard And he goes up to Richard and said did you tell King Ezekiel about what you did And he goes no and Ezekiel hears them and is like, what is all this? And they're a lot like, don't bother your majesty, or, oh, you need to know this, your majesty. But the saviors show up before they can clear up this confusion. Right. He asks about the kid, and he finds that the kid's dead. So he instantly and, – and, and here's the thing. This character could have turned it all around if he had taken his gun and blasted false beside Jesus right in the face, right then and there. But mm-hmm. instead, he gives this horseshit: you fucking start walking. And and falls beside Jesus, rolls his eyes. And if you give me a single fucking look, <laughs> and he rolls his eyes and sniffs in his face, or hmm. say one fucking word, and he mouths the word pussy to him, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. And I'm just like, this is... I, I don't get it, man. Because it seems like the thing to do is just shoot this guy. Negan would have shot this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Uh, he... I'm with you. This guy are they doing a good job of making us hate this guy? Because I fucking hate him. But I, for the wrong reasons, man. It's, you think
1: so? This is not like a King Joffrey situation. This isn't a Negan situation. This guy is just terrible and is, he, he doesn't fit in the world. He's not doing the evil henchman thing right. There's no way this guy would 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 be like one of Negan's sub-lieutenants. Do you believe
0: that? Wait, who are you talking about? The mannequin face, face man? face, yeah. I'm talking about Ratface Prick. Okay, Ratface Prick guy. is fine. I fucking hate that guy. They're doing a real good job of making him, hate him
1: yeah he's 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 doing his job of but but right he's outlived his usefulness and I'm still on the mannequin guy yeah anyway. tapioca
0: mannequin man needs to do something uh,
1: right. so at this Richard steps forward and says hey I just want you to let you know that I've learned my lesson and Morgan just steps forward and straight up murders him he mm-hmm. knocks him to the ground with his bow staff Follows him to the ground and and messily, noisily, slowly chokes slowly.
0: the shit out of Richard and to unto death. Uh-huh. Unto death. Uh, while everyone, you know, clamors over over the top of him trying to rip him from the top of Richard. No, that doesn't to save happen. their night. That doesn't happen. So that this man that they just met weeks ago won't kill the person that they've been living with for years. Mor- Morgan. That doesn't
1: happen. Morgan didn't just choke the life out of Richard. He just hostilely took over the kingdom.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Because
1: King Ezekiel ordered him to stop. The savior mm-hmm. guy said, nah, I, this is cool. And, and Morgan just did what he – yeah, he's taken over the kingdom. Yeah.
0: It's lucky for Ezekiel that he decides to to isolate himself at the end of this episode. Right. Right. Uh, so then he tells uh, – everybody's shocked and goes, look,
1: I did that because um, it was all him. He did yeah. – he, he caused the delay with the penis carts because that <laughs> made us late. He hid the melon, which made us short. Uh, he thought he was going to die, but instead Benjamin paid for his mistake, um, and he also starts losing his mind, and he starts interchangeably referring to Benjamin and Dwayne, which is his son. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, and it's funny because the Negan guy is kind of like, well, well, okay, then next week twelve melons, right? And like, like <laughs>
0: uh-huh. he's like, I'm going to see myself out now. Yeah, and Morgan, you know. Morgan, it's interesting here. I think this is a kind of cool conclusion yeah. to to this plot line because Morgan is doing exactly what Richard wanted, and giving him what he wanted. You know, he yep. made this mistake; he got Ben killed, uh, and Morgan decided, okay, well, you're going to make that sacrifice anyway, and then we're going to do. He he even quotes the exact lines that Richard tells him after Ben dies. You know, right. like we we understand what it is we need to do; we know how to go on. He says that to this guy. But here's so. the
1: here's the juvenile level of plot. Yeah. The opposite of crazy is crazy. But Morgan seems has been capable of doing anything but being psychotically consumed with rage, or insane over-the-top peace sensei. Mm. Like he is just, I've seen hmm. him wildly swing between both of those, and he continues to do it in the episode. Now it's going to it's interesting to see if he finds a third path by swapping ca- cabins with Carol. We'll talk about that right. in a bit. But I just feel like true character growth would be to try to pat, you know, try to plot that third course. See, I thought we because he's reached essentially this. like, you know, what? Yeah. I guess that's. I guess it's time
0: for me to clear. I guess I'm just going to clear now. <laughs> right. Uh, I thought we had reached the the middle of the pendulum swing, like at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. when you know he killed to save Carol. Right. When I, I thought that was the moment where he his he World understood would that synthesize to, into something sometimes that's you have to kill someone to save someone right but now he seems to have swung the other way yet again and i i don't know if it's gonna last i don't know where he ends up but yeah i mean if he continues to swing back and forth i don't know that i want to see that uh
1: so king ezekiel then says hey you shouldn't be alone you should come back with us and morgan says not now man i said not now yeah, and that, good line. that that sends that sends King Ezekiel on his way Lenny James yeah no he's... crushes even he, even bad dialogue even bad scenes he kills it he's a beast then yeah. um Morgan drags Richard's body uh back to the shallow grave mm-hmm. and uh, buries him and then he rolls up to to to, to Carol's cabin and says uh you want to know what happened to Ca- uh, Alexandria? Well, Glenn, Abe, Spencer, Olivia all die. Rick's boned. They're living as slaves, and Rick was here because he wants to recruit to fight them. And Carol breaks down and cries, and Morgan says, well, you wanted to know. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to go out and kill them one by one. I think he's talking about the saviors. Yeah. Okay, because he could have been talking about zombies and going back to clearing. Oh, okay. And then she goes, but wait, what if you can go but not go? Yeah. Yeah. And he's using, she's using Morgan's insane logic against him. Right. And she decides to go to the kingdom, and she's got her ditty bag with her, and she marches in and says, "We have to prepare for war." She's moving in, and Ezekiel says, "Okay, but not right now." And then he takes Benjamin's brother and Carol and himself, and they plant a tomato plant for thirty minutes. All right. three of them. That's why they can only offer twelve cantaloupe. <laughs> Next it week's takes it's twelve tomatoes. It takes thirty-six people to plant. Those and 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 care for those cantaloupe. So yeah. Uh, then we have Mar- uh, Morgan sharpening a stick, mm-hmm. and he like it's from the point of view of Carol's cabin. He's sitting on the front porch. What is this go and not go thing? Like that's something that that Morgan essentially sold Carol on mm-hmm. so she wouldn't go wandering in the woods and he wouldn't feel responsible for him. And it hasn't worked. She's been constantly interfered with. She's now brought back into the very thing that she knew she didn't want to do. Now that's going to just going to cost her to her soul. And Morgan knows that. So how did Morgan get rope doped into this thing?
0: I mean, this, this seems to be the cabin of contemplation. Like this is, but from a storytelling perspective, this doesn't te- make any fucking sense unless they
1: just know they're fooling each other. Yeah, I guess I'm with you. I'm Like, "Hey, I had the good manners to buy your bullshit when you sold it to me. Mm-hmm. So now here comes the same load of bullshit, proven ineffective, and I want you to buy it back no. because it's the co- don't don't be a dick. It's the cool thing to do." But it makes no sense. Lenny's sharpening his stick, and then Chris Poor Chris Hardwick, he has the nerve to come back and <laughs> says, what does Morgan sharpening a stick mean? It means the end of Morgalization, you fucking idiot. Right. Like, they, sp- they 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 couldn't have spelled it out any clearer if Richard put it on a tombstone. Yeah. Like, RIP, Morgalization, 2014 to 2017. Like, I don't know. Real this quick. This show, man. So, so I
0: know. Hugely entertaining, though. <laughs> Hugely entertaining. All right. It's just a fucking mess. Uh, based on our feedback, I know that some people were not quite understanding the bury me here thing. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, bury me here is Richard's message to the group, right? Right. Like once, once his plan is executed, like it doesn't make sense in the moment when they find the penis cards, but eventually it will make. But sense But would to they them. put
1: that together, and then they'd be like, "Oh my God, he he sacrificed himself." Like, like, wouldn't it seem negatively manipulative? It would, yeah. And Which I don't literally it would convince anyone. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. might undo the very thing he wanted to do. It's right. such but a he weird wanted,
0: move. So he wanted to be buried, I guess, with his daughter's backpack, and the only way to ensure that maybe he could have worn it. Maybe he could have worn it over to the I, meeting I'm just with the Saviors. It's an insane plan. Mm-hmm.
1: It's an insane part of the plan that makes no sense, but... It has a lot of potential to backfire. Right. If anybody
0: in that group is smart at all.
1: Right. Like, this this is like if Christopher Nolan was an idiot, this is how the Joker would have planned in The Dark Knight Returns. (laughs) Right. And I, you know, it's just, like I said, it's embarrassing... That the Gimple writes this pretentious ass script with all these long monologues that are terrible. Mm. All these fucking setups that make no goddamn sense and complete with a flash forward where they're mournfully loading a single cantaloupe into a box truck.
0: It doesn't sound Fuck like you yourself. like this episode.
1: <laughs> oh, it's 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 hilarious. No, it's hilarious that a grown okay. man wrote this and proclaimed it good. Mm. The showrunner. Yeah.
0: I think it had some interesting, ambitious concepts that
1: didn't quite. Come he's together. not, and, and and he's lacks the humility and good grace to realize that he he can't nail those yet. I don't know, man. I don't we, know. We do have some. Meta I laughed my discussion. ass off at it, though. That's that's the good point. This is okay. this, this is my favorite episode of the season. If you're clearly. having fun with it,
0: that's, oh, that's all that's required. Yeah, I needed head.
1: that. I, I laughed. I'm not even exaggerating. Like a solid when he was. Because Jim started it. He's telling all these stories about babies crying and how, like, like there's unspeakable things happening to babies. And it became this giant dead baby joke that just got out of control. And right. I think I blacked out for a bit because yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't breathe.
0: Yeah, if you want to see that, go check out our live watch. Yeah. Uh,
1: that was pretty good. Uh, all right. So I'm assuming.
0: Oh, one more yes. thing. Do you, I mean, the the obvious insinuation here now that Carol has moved back in with her duffel full of stuff. Uh-huh. Is that there will be cookies, casseroles? Oh, well, yeah, they're <laughs> on tap. Jerry will start eating casserole instead of cobblers. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's that Carol and Daryl are going to be like officially reunited, right? Like permanently. Uh, Daryl went back to the hilltop, though. Yeah, but I can't imagine that they're not going to hook up again. I don't know. Like we'll now that see. now that she knows the truth, she's got to go confront him, right? He's on the eastern front; she's on the western front. And it what might even do? be a fallout. I don't know. Mm. There might be a falling out between the two. If you Carol, lied to me.
1: if Carol takes that tack, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. Yeah, because it's so clear that what Daryl tried to do was an act of like, yeah, he lied to you, but it was came from a place of love and trying to respect your wishes. If right. you start that you lied to me bullshit, that's not that's not very Carol, man. Yeah, I don't like that. It, it feels I also, a little bit I like also damned if you do, damned I, if you don't. I don't trust the show not to do that, right. but I would. I'm. Uh, I'd be pissed.
0: Well, it would feel a lot like Lori, you know, back yeah, in the day. Like, right? Like, I'm going to tell you one thing, and then mm-hmm. when you do the thing that I told you to do, I'm going to yeah. turn it around on you. D- didn't and you get know pissed. I wanted you to do the opposite thing? Right. And if you had done the Can't opposite thing, it mom, would have been. Right. I, I told you exactly what I wanted you to do. Right. What's and, wrong with you?
1: Yeah, no yeah. it's it's called it's called passive aggressive gaslighting and you know right. fucking with people's minds. So hopefully
0: Carol doesn't go there. I, I think she's I, better than that.
1: Yes, I think so too. Yeah, uh, people all the time they come up to me on the streets and they say, "Aaron, I'm desperate." How can I support Bald Move? And I'm like, it's 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 so easy. You go to club.baldmove.com, and uh, not only you're supporting great independent podcasts, but you get you get a little extra something, some. You get ad free feeds. Is know, that what list.
0: you really tell them, or do you tell them just slip me a fiver? Well, are you cutting me out of these? Are deals? you around? Because Your if you're not, deals?
1: if you're not around, then yeah, the street, this you know, street uh. rules are if if. Uh, I'm gonna have to
0: do. I'm gonna have to hey, pay a detective.
1: Motherfuckers here. walking around. They want to give me money out in the street. Am I gonna say no? Shit.
0: <laughs> I hope you deposit that in the bank account to get taxes taken out. <laughs> yeah, ta- the Jim Jones tax.
1: No, thank you. <laughs> Go to aron.baldmove.com. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my own little GoFundMe set up. Uh, no, you go to club.baldmove.com. You get you get stuff for you. You get you get uh, ad free feeds, you get uh, live watches. I thought our live watch last night was one of the all time greats. It was good. Real if you want to see me have like a two minute giggle fit <laughs> over over Richard sobbing piteously, then uh-huh. then then that's the thing. We 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 watch the episode. You can sync up with the your copied episode. It doesn't have to be alive, you can be uh, it's kind of kind of wrongly named, we record it live, but it's it's there for posterity. We talk about make fun of local local television ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, last week we had a spoiler filled review of the movie Kong. Um, we're going to this week uh, be releasing the third uh, third Wednesday.
0: Is it the third Wednesday of the month? Some, it's something like that
1: uh, where we have uh, we have uh, uh, let's plays and this one's going to be the final chapter of uh, the uh, life is strange saga mm-hmm. um, we're going to be getting on to the walking dead Michonne here pretty soon lots of cool fun bonus contents lunch with Jim and Aaron uh, where we uh, have a variety show where we answer audience questions and just talk about stuff for a bit every Friday lots of stuff at club
0: dot com for you to enjoy and to help support independent podcasting All right, let's get into it. Uh, We got quite a bit this week, so my email is working. No problems with that. Uh, We have some corrections from last week that we're going to start with.
1: I I saw a few of these come through. Yeah. Yeah,
0: um, There were a massive amount on a couple of different things, uh, which I'm just going to give credit to the first people who wrote in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Patrick W. here says, just listening to the most recent podcast, and those guys who Rick and Michonne rolled up on were saviors when the guys were – he's talking about the golf course Mm -hmm. guys. Yep, yep. Uh, he says when the guys were talking, one of them said something about Fat Joey. Uh yeah, that was almost imperceptibly quiet. Yeah. On on the track. And Agreed. I didn't have captions on, so I missed it. Yep. Uh Idris says, Hi, the name's uh the name's Idris. Just wanted to address what you guys are talking <laughs> about, uh, Eugene being a doctor. Negan doesn't think Eugene is a doctor. Doctor Carson at the sanctuary has a brother at the hilltop. There is in fact two Doctor Carsons in the Walking Dead universe. Do you know this? I didn't know. Well,
1: I didn't know he was related to the Hilltop Doctor. Okay. But also, in the context of the episode, that is very unclear, and it makes it seem like he's, it is. he's trusting Eugene.
0: Now, it could just be he's talking about, I don't know if he has a brother or not, but it could be he's talking about Dr. Carson at the Hilltop. Okay. Like maybe they're going to go nab him, because they do know of the location of another sure. doctor. Sure, sure. Not out of the question. It's a big dick move, but. Oh, sure. But that, that, but that's plus, not foreign to them.
1: Plus, like, do you only need one doctor? Like, maybe you should hmm. have a couple. Like, I, I just don't. I, I mean, I don't know. He, he did.
0: Doctors are not exactly a commodity. They're, no. They're I mean, a but there's, there's, there's.
1: Like, you could. You could just take away all of his amenities and keep him in lock and lock lock and key. Like just lock him in a cell that is also a a, a patient treatment area, and mm-hmm. he's just essentially a medical slave at that point. Like, it just seems like throwing away the human knowledge uh, for a purely personal grievance is is crazier than I want Negan to be.
0: But yeah, what are yeah. you gonna do? Uh, William Shatner lunchbox. I like the name. Uh, <laughs> I want the lunchbox. He also mentioned the doctor thing, and then he goes on, regarding the super fake-looking deer in the recent episode, I have a theory. This is less less of a correction more of an interesting thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think The Walking Dead is intentionally making any animal kills look laughably fake. Check the rabbit that Daryl killed when he was with the claimers, or the mystery critter that Rick trapped on the way to Terminus. Mm-hmm. They both looked like something from an arcade crane machine. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't it be that The Walking Dead audiences... Including children who shouldn't be watching, have no problem watching the slaughter of countless humans and walkers, but are off put by realistic animal kills.
1: That is a theory. I think. So if you, if you didn't notice, never Shiva understood. looked really fucking stupid in this episode, too. I think, really? I did. I notice. think they have a hard time showing brightly lit uh, CG characters and scenes. Yeah, I mean, were. That's a when very I, difficult thing to do, I, right? Well, I feel like it's a solved problem. They just. It is, know, but it's they're an expensive. They're running 15 year old software too. that's that's pirated off the Pirate Bay.
0: Yeah, but like rendering times are high on okay, fur. Sure, For Like, sure. it's an expensive process. Right. So. And and to the extent that
1: they uh, at night, like I'm thinking of all the notable CGI gaffes and they all occur during daytime. Mm-hmm. Rick standing in front of the awful matte painting of the garbage, the deer. the deer, the rabbit. Like I'm remembering all these things and now Shiva, like she's always look good when it's in, in uh King Ezekiel's dimly lit throne room or in her cage room. She's mm-hmm. now on this balcony in broad daylight and she looks very flat and unrealistic. So Yeah. That's um uh, I don't. I don't think that they would be squeamish about killing animals on the show. Although there are exist people that will watch yeah. children and men and women being slaughtered without comment, and a dog gets killed, and it's like, oh my god! I've never understood that. I don't get it either. <laughs> no. Like I'm a, sim- I'm sim- I mean, I'm a sucker for animals and babies and all that stuff too. But I, I kind of, they're, I find
0: them equally emotionally <laughs> gripping. I guess. Right. Uh, It says one last thing. Remember the bullet making one hundred and one instructions that Eugene gave Rick before they met Negan. Yeah, maybe somebody could start working on that. Sure, or at least comment on them. Mm -hmm. Like, look, you know, Eugene had this
1: plan and this location, and I know several you fuckers have been to it. Like, can we talk about
0: like it's not it's not that hard to figure out. Maybe make Mm -hmm. an attempt. Right. I don't know. Uh, Christine from New Jersey says, I was listening to your, I think this is an interesting email. Listening to your latest podcast, one of your listeners wrote in about Negan thriving on the thought of constant threats and getting off on being in near danger. I have to respectfully disagree. Negan gets off on control. In the first episode of the season, we saw him systematically attempt to break Rick. He has all of his people refer to themselves as Negan, stripping themselves of their own identity. Yeah. He made a comment in one of the recent episodes of Dwight losing his puppy, a.k.a. Daryl. James Redfield wrote about this in the Celestine Prophecy. Cel- Celestine? Are you okay. asking me for the correct pronunciation no, of the word I can't even You're see? Right. <laughs> there are two ways of attempting to There are two ways of attempting to hold sway over others: the interrogator and the intimidator. The interrogator constantly questions and criticizes the behavior of others, throwing them off balance and making them feel uneasy. The intimidator uses violence or threats of violence to get others to comply with his or her wishes. Redfield also identifies two passive types of control, the aloof and the poor me. The aloof acts distant and detached, speaking rarely and then only in vague and cryptic ways. This strategy makes others do all of the work in communicating and in coordinating activities. And the poor me constantly whines and complains about not feeling well. I would argue that we've seen Negan use 3 out of 4 types of control of ways to control others. The interrogator supplies and tributes are never enough. Never enough and all interactions with Rick. Um, I I don't know where that was going. (laughs) It looks like a half sentence. Uh, The Intimidator. Need I explain? No, not Mm -hmm. really. Uh, The Aloof getting Simon and Simon Light to do his bidding at the hilltop in the kingdom. When Negan puts himself into these dangerous situations, it is not to get off on the potential risks, but he thrives on knowing that he has so much control over these people that they wouldn't dare betray him or attempt to hurt him. That being said, we could argue at how effective the show is at showing this. Personally, they've shown enough for me to piece this together. Uh, however, we have seen shows that have executed this much more effectively and powerfully. Game of Thrones with Ramsay and, mm-hmm. and Theon. And uh, that's the I thing about these. It, is but, this
1: stuff always works until it doesn't. Right. It seems like you should have a plan for when the the, the control fails. But mm-hmm. I guess if you are getting off on this... In a you know like a like a gratification sense, then that would you know, I guess that would be the uh, psychotic warlord uh, version of wearing a condom. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's not the same. It's not the same. Not the same if I have backup. Line. Yeah, if I have if I have my my guards like a shoot on sight orders for if anything goes wrong. Yeah, you know, I just know in the back of my mind nothing can happen. <laughs> right. So, which is we're back at him in danger. Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Uh Okay, I just thought that email was interesting with the the definitions of control there.
1: Cuz I'm saying like it, you I'm trying to think if you look back in history there's very few brutal dictatorships that are successful. And when I say brutal dictatorships, I'm not talking about Genghis Khan who, you know, his own people seem to love him. He was just running roughshod over everybody else. Like right. like like these internal like brutal dictatorships, it seems like they're they they never never end well. Mhm. You know, you never see you never see one like die old and peacefully, and people are like, "Oh yeah, that uh, you know that guy, whoosh, you know." And now we 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 didn't
0: didn't know we loved him until he was gone, kind of thing. Right? Yeah, and I just feel like leading leading with fear always results in people resenting you, obviously, right. and then eventually rising up against you.
1: Right. Even Machiavelli would be like, yeah, fear is fine, but you got to, once the crisis is over, get in there and love bomb them, or... Yeah, you have to keep them complacent as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, they just get angry to the point where they're fed up. Right, and they snap, and then it's going to be bad. Like, you're either going to have to kill a shit ton of your people, which is going to impoverish you, Right. or you're going to, your ass,
0: your own self killed, mm-hmm. so... Okay, let's get on to the new stuff. Yeah. Alabo says, When Negan took over Rick's group, he did so with superior military strategy and knowledge, not just numbers. They knew where they lived, they knew the routes they would take, and where they were going. Negan showed at that time an overwhelming control of information that has since been lost. Last season, you would think that Rick's group is fucked because Negan was always one step ahead. Now the story is just about numbers. Horseshit. Yeah, it does seem like they've they're kind of just rolling with their... And I, I think here. this is
1: one hundred percent the ne- the remixes to blame, think because so? they are just they're they're careening from concept to concept, and you know Negan as the skilled manipulator and and tactician mm-hmm. um, is been completely lost because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is really cool when he starts bouncing and saying sarcastic things, and, right? He's now
0: just the intimidator,
1: yeah, 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 and it's just a numbers game, and, mm-hmm. and there is no. The whole idea of Rick's group having to show restraint and Rick himself to 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 sell this this fiction of them being fallow slaves so that Negan would drop his guard has been completely lost and it's just this paint by numbers bullshit.
0: Yeah. All right, Brian in Denver says, If you were binge watching this show, at what point would you have given up? I can't imagine I would have made it much past Glenn's dumpster dive before sending it to the unfinished viewing graveyard to rot among the revolutions and Dexters and weeds of the world. Oh, yeah. There are definitely jumping off points in all of those shows.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think because, like, there's very few shows that I've kind of quit on. Uh, I know where I would have jumped off. The X-Files. Um, but here's the thing, like, the the co- key concept here is binge. Right, because I stopped – like, it was always the end of the season. I look back and I'm like, you know what? I don't even know why I'm watching the show anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop. So I stopped going to the forums and I stopped going to the news groups and I stopped going to television without pity or whatever. And I, I just fall out of love with the show and when it comes back on. Like, oh, it doesn't even have Dana – it doesn't have even Scully and <laughs> Mulder in right. it. Right. Fuck Mulder's this show. Gone. No thanks. Yeah. So I guess – Binging the, and and the fact that like if if at the end of any of these disappointing season X Files there was next episode mm-hmm. I don't know if that ever would have
0: stopped right that's the thing so if it's like binging like the Netflix model where right. it's like in a, a whole season right and then you have to wait for the next season I would have stopped at season three mm. I would have watched their yeah through that that season, season three, three for and now and is said, pretty fucking bad what this is horse shit yeah I mean there was some action there but the governor just survived yeah they somehow. they they
1: they <laughs> chose
0: to extend a right. plot who had come to its natural conclusion. And I just wouldn't have returned for season four. Now, if season four was available... Right. If it was like, okay, we've got season one through season seven, Sure, here that's you go. what I'm saying. I'm kind of with you. I don't know that I ever would have stopped.
1: Now, I've always said that Rick and Carl are the reason I keep watching, so mm-hmm. maybe in, that's like my Mulder and Scully, like if they were both gone and there was no clear link right. back to that very first episode of Rick waking up in the hospital... Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's where I would stop. But that the, the binge thing, that's that's the seductive thing. It's right. like, I, you know, I love this show. At one time, I can I, I can uh, try another hour. And you then don't even s- have to press a button. The, the season four open. Yeah, I just have you to just wait let 15 it seconds. And, and the season four opener is awesome. So, all right, I'm back and invested. So. Right. And then that's the thing. Walking Dead very rarely does more than like a two or three episode stretch of truly horrendous shit. Sure. Before they have something that brings you back, mm-hmm. which is the... F- it's the, the 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 fucking devil that way.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the worst. It's you know? kind of the worst. Because yeah. if it were just a little bit worse, you could totally check out. It's
1: it's the melting sherbet ice cream on a mannequin face of dramatic television. <laughs> it sure is. Like if you squint, you can almost see it. You can almost take it seriously, and then ah, there's a popsicle stick sticking
0: out of its eye. Yep, that ain't right. Uh, L- Levi G says, "Just a thought about a possible move post-war." How likely do you think it would be that they kill off Ezekiel during the war so that Daryl could take over Shiva duties? Love to hear your thoughts. He's go, he's rolling with this idea that Daryl and Shiva bonded last episode. Sure.
1: I like Daryl better than King Ezekiel. I don't even like yeah. King Ezekiel very much. All right. well he it, does a good mean mug. Like, like he when does. his eyes yeah. were, like, I... I um, when Tapioca Face was belaboring the point and Benjamin is dying out, like yeah. I thought his eyes would catch fire. There were sparks flying from him. Mm-hmm. He's very good and intense. It's just too bad about the feathers in his hair and <laughs> the overly flowery way of speaking. Like Everything about him is designed to make me kind of like, I don't get it, dude, whatever. Yeah. I don't take you seriously. You just need to be cajoled and manipulated into doing Rick's bidding.
0: Yeah, could be. I mean, if Maggie takes over the hilltop, then... Maybe we get one of our survivors, our group. It just take over It the sounds less like a peaceful
1: demor- dem- democratic revolution than a, just a coup. Well like Rick's coming on the over hilltop. His, I think there should be a, with his pogrom, a coup. and he's just just taking over and just just putting his puppet leaders.
0: I'm fine on the hilltop, Rick fucking is, Gregory can eat a dick. I guess I calling him Regan, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right, David in North Carolina says, so now that you can just kill zombies by sitting in a tree and letting them run into your one-way <laughs> sign, sure. Uh, is it safe to say that zombies in this universe are just flat-out dying off? We've gone episodes with empty forests, towns, and highways. Maybe they're becoming extinct.
1: I think that's a sh- so I think that's something the show is demonstrating. What you have to ask yourself is the show smart enough to aware, to be aware that they are suggesting that.
0: I think they are. Um, okay. I think the stuff they did with Negan, uh, and that zombie falling apart on the fence, and and they've well, been progressively getting easier ago, to kill. They
1: killed zombies with a water cannon, like they literally just rinsed them away. Like so much mud on a. Yeah, I think you're right. I know I'm right. Like <laughs> like Abraham had a really fucking good time doing it. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Oh
0: right, that was him. Yeah, I mean I don't know. You could probably peel flesh off, but. I don't think you're getting through bone with a water cannon. He did. That's how soft it is. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think they have they have been, you know, addressing that consistently. uh Um, So it's not really a surprise, but it is. I guess it could become interesting later on. I just want
1: to see something where a zombie goes to grab a human and it goes to pull him to, and its arms just fall off. Mm or it goes to bite someone's shoulder and it goes to bite and it's it's jaw breaks off like it just lacks the material strength necessary to be and they just become like just like these sad laughable things.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if a walker could even walk at that stage, right? Like how would they
1: That's what I was saying. If the walkers are that fucking soft, mm-hmm. the act of
0: locomotion should just tear them apart. Yeah. And eventually maybe it will. You yeah. Know? Maybe they won't be a threat anymore. It'll just be humans. Yeah. Uh, and he mentions that, something about, like, a World War Z-type storyline after the zombies are gone, how society rebuilds. That's
1: what I am That's what I would like to get to where zombies are still a threat because people to die are still coming back as zombies. You have to – it's going to profoundly right. change your culture and the way you look at the world. But I'm yeah. ready
0: to get telling them stories. Yeah, we haven't really seen a walker that is, like, freshly turned lately. It's been a All while. we're seeing is the old ones. Well, we see a couple – yeah, but but not like not not. Oh shit! Them. I thought I could take this one out with a stop sign, but I guess right, I can't. Right, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, presumably, they don't just immediately deteriorate to the overall level of <laughs> the zombie horde. It's whatever, whatever the writer needs them to do. Yeah. Jeremy R says an episode that reminds me of the days when The Walking Dead was great. The primary thing that stands out to me is that this episode prov- proves that a cliffhanger, the POV shot of Benjamin getting shot. Doesn't have to be used in isolation. The real drama and quality comes in seeing how the characters react. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I I agree with him in premise. I don't know that the execution was exactly right.
1: I I, I totally agree with you. Like y- what you say is tr- correct. However, with this show and its history, and you know, I, I'm assuming they're aware of the history and how badly some of these things have backfired. Doing this on a commercial break just seems egregious. It's yeah, just like that I, time I where they got a reputation a for killing f- killing it. black guys all the time. If they just, like, right. you know, in one half episode, like, we're going to kill three black guys just to make a joke out of how we've been killing black guys. Like, right. you've kind of had this thing about these fake-ass death cliffhangers, and you did one last week with Rick, and now you're going to do one with – it. Just, I don't know. I don't think it's a good look for the show. I think they need to put that – That stuff, the cold open flash forwards and fake deaths or fake out deaths, they need to just put that to the side. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: Layla B says, now that Carol's isolation arc is over, what do we make of it? Did we actually learn anything new about her character? I think we learned what we've always known, that as much as Carol tries to distance herself and harden herself, she cares about people and will always want to do what she can to protect them. I think Carol has had some of the best arcs on the show, from abused woman to the prison killer to the look at the flowers arc— to Rambo, Carol, to the Real Housewife of Alexandria act. Right, what purpose did this arc serve in your view? Uh, it served to make her, like you said, maybe the best character yeah. in the show. Yeah. Um, I feel like she has had the most natural arc of anyone. Yeah, I mean, it is
1: weird because I it, they treat her caring for people as if it's a weakness when it seems like it's an obvious strength. And also, I just I just never buy the. I never buy the argument that oh, if I have to if I have to justifiably kill one more person to save the people I love, I'll lose my humanity forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yes, it is kind of cold and callous the way she was treating treating the Alexandrians, but I think she was justified. And these people were just living in a fantasy world, and that's almost like borderline insulting. And mm-hmm. you see people act that way to, with entitled people today with much lower stakes. So. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, we talked about it in expanse too, that there's this character that the show wants me to treat as if he's a psychotic or insane, loose cannon. And I'm like, sure. Walking down the street in New York or Cincinnati or whatever, I would think this guy is a fucking crazy person. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in, in the middle of the asteroid belt where death is only a second away, uh, I don't know. I kind of see his point. He's living in a right. different time and place.
0: Yeah. to me, you know, like I said, I feel Carol, Carol's attitudes have been informed by the the most naturally by her, her experiences here. Sure. I mean, she she has completely changed several times over the course of the show, and never once did I feel like it was unearned. Yeah. In the same way that I have felt that way about, like, even Rick mm-hmm. um, in a lot of cases. Uh, I, I just feel like that character has been the most consistently well written.
1: Oh I mean if you want to sing Carol's praises I'm not going to stop you because I, I I think she's a great character too and and yes if I have to sit there and think about what is the best character in The Walking Dead Carol is probably it now because I think Daryl's been a bit underserved of late Yeah, and the latest things they've given him to do are not very
0: interesting so I think as far as you know what purpose her arc serves it she is kind of in my opinion, if if she can come to a place where we thought Morgan was mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of this season or this half season at least, mm-hmm. um, I think she will be kind of the compass for the group because she's been to both extremes. She hasn't lost her mind. She doesn't have the really the potential to clear in right. the same way that Morgan does. No, and and I think she could she could carry a lot of the moral responsibility of the group on her back. It would be funny
1: because like. I did like Morgan's freak out scene. Like I was saying on the live watch, it'd be funny if he had like this incredible Hulk sequence where right before he starts like going into a crazy clearing frenzy, he has his 30 second transformation sequence. I, I think they should do the same thing the Carol. Like <laughs> okay. it should just be quick cuts of her like seeing her daughter come out of the barn and seeing Shane transform into a zombie and then seeing the, like look at the flowers, Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And like all those things just go as like, you know. Her eyes turn red or green. Whatever. They could
0: do it. That seems to be Morgan's uh, trademark, though. I, you know, why, it's a, it's a, it's a good shtick. Spread it's it around. Christopher H says the episode ends with the line, "We have to fight, but not today." That sums up this entire season of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm curious. We, we waited... have
1: to we have to tell a compelling, rewarding
0: story, but not today, <laughs> right? I'm curious. We waited 13 episodes for Carol to find out what happened to Glenn and Abraham. Did the revelation live up to your expectations? I thought Melissa, I thought Melissa McBride's performance was excellent, but in some ways the scene was more about Morgan yeah. than it was about Carol. It worked for me. Did and, it work for you?
1: Yeah. And the, to, to add to the point, it's almost like Morgan acting out. Like it wasn't. I mean, he was just tired of like like I don't get ah uh, what what's the emotion I'm trying to go for? It's like he was he's not letting anybody set it set out anymore or be neutral.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Like, even though that's the 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 thing that he took for, your, like, you know, and wanted everyone to respect his process, he's going to go to Carol and be like, you know what, fuck it. Right. Your shit's
0: all fantasy. Yeah, his, his point in going to Carol was to instigate her into making a move, whatever it is. Right. But don't you think that was a little bit... Oh, it was
1: selfish. Not just selfish, but kind of out of character and kind of hypocritical, like, for this guy to do this? Yes. I, I do think it was a little hypocritical and and completely lacking in self awareness. Like I, I don't know, like do they
0: even want me to like Morgan? Do they want me to like any and of these characters? And that's the thing. I mean, Morgan has typically been the most reflective, right? He he kind of understands the situation that he's putting other people in when he refuses to kill, mm-hmm. and he acknowledges it, but he right. just accepts it, right? And in this, he doesn't seem to really acknowledge it as much exactly. as he has in the past. Exactly. I think you're right. That's what bothers me about it, anyway. Yeah. Brad says, I thought last night's episode of The Walking Dead was a breath of fresh air after a long line of trash heap stinkers. Just curious, what are your thoughts on a potential Negan-centric origin episode? I'd be curious to find out how he ke- how he became who he is today, what kind of life he lived pre-apocalypse, and if they pull it off in a series of flashbacks, it might give us insight into his character and be a powerful payoff when his time on the series comes to an end. Do you think this is likely to happen in a future episode, and if so... Would you welcome that type of storytelling? Pass. <laughs> we saw this with the governor, right? I mean – And I just don't have the faith that they could really make me care. That's the thing.
1: I'm interested. Do I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan –
0: That's where it gets interesting like, like, because – Like,
1: can I see him – per? Playing like an everyman father figure that gets slowly corrupted into the like it would be amazing Fuck if he yes, could do I that, uh-huh. but the degree of difficulty that all that and 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 knowing the idiots that that, that story would be in the hands of no no right. no, no 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 do I want to see a three episode arc of the 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 Negan beginning that's the beginning the
0: beginning. Like- <laughs> wow, that's a jumbled mess Yeah, of be word. careful with that one. I like it. Be careful with that one, people. Yeah. That, that one can get away from you. Yeah. If you had too much whiskey, don't try saying it. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing, right? Like, I think, I, I am actually super interested to see that, because I think this actor would fucking nail it, because I've mm. seen him do this deep kind of pathos sort of thing, but I, I'm with you. I don't think they could pull it off on this show. Hmm. I really don't. I think your acting is there. So you're the extrapolating is not.
1: that he could do that based on his old man comedian act, right? Yeah, because that's 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 Negan in his advanced age regretting the things that he's done. Can he? Play, but it could also still be tweaked. Not, he's be, still not a good man in those scenes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I wonder if could I think play. he could tweak
0: it a little bit, though. Yeah, maybe. And maybe get to like good man sliding into bad man. I'm just saying that that would be tough, and I don't I don't trust yeah. the writing and the right. direction. I'm with you to get it there. Okay, we're going to get into uh, the cheers and jeers section here. We're just going to have people saying kind of what they thought about the episode. Because I want to get, in feedback, I try and get positive and negative regardless of our take. Sure. So we go to Mac W who says, well, I have to say, I really enjoyed this episode. I, like you, grew very weary of the morgalizing of seasons past between Morgan and Carol, but tonight was a small payday on all that crap. There were some good moments toward the end with Carol and Morgan that wouldn't have had the gravity without the backstory. Uh, Yeah. I I guess I don't disagree with that one. I um, mean, your
1: your your the only disagreement is was that the most efficient way to tell the story. Sure, yeah. and you know, like I don't want to be I don't want to be labor to point. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that like I I I am shy about giving The Walking Dead this kind of credit because I feel like a lot of the things that came together were just really obvious or trite. Okay, it's like you know he knows the things you got to do for a more successful and better show to pay off. And he's going through those motions, but because they've never really kept consistent tone or character beats or development that it just all falls flat. Mm-hmm. You know, like this isn't, this isn't Jesse's journey through breaking bad. This isn't Don Draper's journey through Mad Men. It's, yep. it's just what characters that have been passed off through three showrunners that have that that that, and i think they write this show a half season at a time with no blueprint towards what's coming next or no obvious like like there's no big timeline where it says season eight we got to be here and season nine we got to be here and season 10 and the fact that i don't think they do that just strikes me as so fucking lazy and so yeah so taking my attention and time for granted that it it pisses me off
0: and even if they do have like that map that you're talking that you're you know, speculating they don't have. Even uh-huh. if they do have it, they're kind of putting all the beats at the wrong place, right? Well,
1: that's, uh, that's my evidence that they don't have it. Because if you did have it, then even by accident, I think twelve to fifteen people sitting in a room over the course of three years would have nailed some of these things. Like, like one or two of them would have come together and succeeded, rather than. Yeah, but if they get overwritten like, like, by somebody who doesn't care for about fucking that. sake, how many characters is this? Die with giant things tacked on their character in the fucking episode they die in. Right.
0: Yeah. It's a formula. Is,
1: that is not that is not like really forward thinking storytelling. That's horse shit.
0: Yeah, and it's not it's not creative, you know. It's just right. it feels like a formula at this and, point And and
1: the things that they did set up well, like the confusion over the Saviors counting the twelve wrong things, like mm. Yeah, they got three or four weeks ahead of that, but it built up into this 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 half empty truck of cantaloupe, and it never re- felt right in the moment. And it's, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Like I've, I've, they could have stuck to twelve pigs, and it would have been awesome. But you know, like mm-hmm. pigs and batteries and gas cans and
0: melons, like what the fuck? I I I, I don't know. I don't know the rules of the deal, <laughs> right? Dan for Philly says, "Wow, what a good episode!" Right up until the 55 minute mark then much like Morgan, the show itself had a mental break. Interesting. Every time this direct starts to get good and starts to move things along, bam! Uh, let's let's stop and have more moralizing, ridiculous decisions, and yet another reversal of roles for Carol and Morgan. Yeah. The biggest fault of this show, and it's got plenty, is that it's so damn boring, even when it actually tries. Yeah. Uh, it just can't help tripping over itself. Yep. Totally. One question: Three more episodes, and do you guys think there's going to be any movement on this nonsense, or is it just going to be another cliffhanger type go nowhere season finale? This is the I, thing I'm unsure about. What will Morgan finally do? You know, yeah. he's he's on a war path, but he might just swing back the other way.
1: Who knows? Yeah, I mean, what's what is his role on, in in Carol's cabin for the next three episodes?
0: Yeah, he's in timeout essentially, like cool off, buddy. Yeah, think about your decisions for yeah, a while. You, you're gonna you're gonna. But sharp- where will he end up? I mean he needs to be he needs
1: to be if some kind of field commander in a war is he is he equipped for that? I don't care. He needs that's that's where he needs to be or it's kind of a wasted opportunity. Yeah. He's just going to sit out the big war. I don't think he's going to sit out, but I'm. That's just also like the symmetry of her, like him and Carol should be fighting side by side because right. they've they've gone they've looked at opposite sides of the Gulf and they've switched sides enough now that if mm-hmm. he just sits out, why she goes and has her sanity dashed to bits and what the fuck?
0: Yeah, and they can at maybe, least maybe understand her, each other. Maybe
1: her timeout is enough that she feels like she's got enough mental armor that she can go and kill a few more people yeah. without it getting to her.
0: Like <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, this is the recovery cabin for. <laughs> A mental sanity cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark C. from Pennsylvania says, The smoke every time we have the changing of Carol is now totally legit. They opened and closed the episode with it. This episode was another good one. The whole scene with Morgan about to lose it when he found the melon was a fantastic scene that is forgotten, um, that I had forgotten the show was capable of. Uh, like I said, you know, Lenny Bruce is, is a beast. He's really, really good. Lenny Bruce was good. Also, Lenny James is really Lenny- good. <laughs> 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 yeah, no,
1: he's uh, he's a good guy. Um, he's 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 great, and uh, I don't think he had particularly brilliant dialogue or concepts here. Yeah, I thought I thought the 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 morgul the morgul montage was bizarre and out of place too. Um, like the the music and the editing <laughs> just weren't there.
0: Yeah, are you talking about the clear episode? Yeah. There?
1: the clear the clearing episode he had in the middle of the episode. Yeah. I understand what they're trying to do, but it was it felt very you know, like like you've seen like really awesome psych, psychological montages on like Mad Men or Breaking Bad or whatever and then you've seen them on Star Trek the Next Generation and Baywatch and <laughs> things of of that and that
0: felt closer to syndicated television than major okay. premium cable drama. I I just think his jokes are a little too edgy for me. Tabitha the goat. She's, she's not a goat. She's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I waste my time on this last episode? <laughs> I should have shut the show off after the scene between the gardener and the king. I rolled my eyes so hard after the I peed my pants line. What a poorly executed attempt at comedy. I thought I was watching a C movie off the sci-fi channel. Yeah. There is one thing that is really bugging me about this episode. Uh, why did King Ezekiel allow Morgan to kill Richard? Presumably Ezekiel has known Morgan for a few weeks, maybe a few months. Yeah, this, this is a good. point.
1: Well, but here's the thing: he didn't allow it. He said stop. He said stop several times. Morgan just didn't.
0: But they had the numbers to pull him off if they really wanted to.
1: The the the, the savior guy forbid them. He, he said no, don't let it let this happen. Did he? Yeah, that's yeah. So this these are all answered questions now. Huh? Why Morgan? And then and then like 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 King Ezekiel should execute Morgan when he gets back to the kingdom. Maybe that's the whole point of him being in the Carol cabin is he's on the lamb. I yeah. I don't know because like yeah. he's he like I Morgan took over the kingdom. Now just, he immediately abdicated the throne back to King Ezekiel it seems, but Yeah. Yeah, no. I I don't think I don't, I don't think Ezekiel had any say in the matter, which okay. you know, reveals him to be a weak leader. Can he leader? Can he come
0: back from that? I don't know. Uh she goes on this was a really hard episode for me to find enjoyment in. The deaths of Richard and Ben should have pulled some emotion from me, but nothing. This season has disappointed me beyond belief. Negan and all that war should have been a turning point for The Walking Dead into some really good TV. Unfortunately, I am now convinced we are all just stuck on this train to nowhere. One last thought on Gavin, the guy leading the saviors in the drops of the kingdom. Uh-huh. That's that, Apparently that's his name. Not Daniel? No, <laughs> no not oh, Daniel. Oh, Gavin is the asshole. Okay. Right. He's the, uh, no. ta- he's the tapioca face. Yes, tapioca face. Okay. Yeah, you got the rat There's face prick, assholes. the tapioca
1: yeah. face. Okay. uh, Rat face prick also falls beside Jesus.
0: (laughs) Right. Because he's trying to be Jesus and he's not. Uh, She says, I really think he will play a part in turning on Negan. I get the feeling he doesn't much stomach the blood like the rest of the saviors. He showed some remorse when he learned of the death of Benjamin and even punished the savior that killed him. I think we will see him defecting to Rick's side either during all-out war or he will be pledging his alliance after war is over with. I don't get any kind of deep thoughts from him at all. Yeah, I I'm especially not with you, Tabitha, when you say this last line. Weirdly, I like the guy and hope to see more of him. No, <laughs> no, Tabitha, no, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't quit your cheese job. Uh, I, yeah, I I I think also. Then what are they doing with Dwight? Yeah, maybe they'll join forces. Sure, Dwight and Let's Gavin. Have- well, what, 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 what I need is Gavin to have a couple of scenes where he's smoking with his ex-wife in a stairwell, yep. talking about how the way things were and how this is better than the way things were, and how then she leaves. You him know, her mother-in-law needed pancreas medication and they couldn't afford it, so
0: leaves him because he's weak, yeah, because he has a terrible memory that we just find out about yep. later down the road. Yeah, he carves he carves checkers, and then Gavin and
1: Dwight get <laughs> married they find love in each other i don't know yep. and he's assigned
0: to breaking eugene the easiest job in the world <laughs> nathan e says i have conflicted feelings about this week's episode number one in a room full of people i called benjamin's death shortly after the first commercial break he had like five minutes of screen time up to this point and yet in this episode he had a conversation with every main character in the kingdom so i knew he was living on borrowed time I had a feeling that The Walking Dead was walking down the oh-so-familiar territory of killing off a secondary character five minutes after reminding us they exist. Yep. Number two. At no point did the Savior showdown, uh, during the Savior showdown, did I fear for Richard's life. Someone else dying for your actions has become a surprisingly popular trope this season. Glenn died for Daryl's actions. Eugene was kidnapped for Rosita's actions. Now Benjamin was shot for Richard's actions. But on the plus side I think they that may be why I enjoyed Morgan killing Richard so much. I had no idea it was coming. Yeah, I mean the parallels to Rosita here seem intentional to me. Like uh-huh. that's something they're consciously doing. Yeah. Um you know, they both took matters into their own hands and someone else paid the price. Right. And Rosita's still on that train. Sure. She's she has not learned she a keeps, damn she, thing. She keeps going back and rolling
1: double for nothing on this craps table. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Rosita
0: needs a new pair of shoes. Uh, Nathan goes on in my opinion the Morgan and Richard conversations were the highlight of this episode I'd complain about the single, single plot line storytelling but Walking Dead burned that bridge a few years ago and I've pretty much given up hope that we'll see Rick and the gang more than three or four episodes in a season anymore
1: I complain about the seagull storytelling too yeah all that when you bring siege. Steven Chagall in to yeah, write it's, an it's, episode it's not great or direct yeah, Steven Seagal also directed directed his episodes. Scott I mean, it'd be Gimple good wrote if it.
0: Steven Seagal directed it, but his brother Steven Seagull, his <laughs> his half brother, uh, yeah, he's just not good. He's Seagull. He just he's just classing it up for Hollywood, <laughs> right? Steven Please, Seagal, call me Seagal. It's not Seagull. It's Seagal. Uh, that's the thing, though. I like single plotline stories or even like bottle episodes are not inherently bad, right? No, huh? But they have to be timed correctly and they nope. have to be executed well and right. This show does not have, uh, and they also a have to be. The other it. thing about bottle episodes, because even like I think one of
1: the all-time greatest bottle episodes of all time, uh, Breaking Bad, Fly, right, is pretty reviled among a certain minority of that fan community mm-hmm. because it took away from
0: the baseline action. Yeah, but, and, it, but it didn't feel to me. The reason I like it still is because it didn't feel to me like it was misplaced. Well, th-
1: yeah. You know, and, and of course I agree with you. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, like yeah. the, the d- degree of difficulty and the degree of like the fact that the bottle episodes usually for budget purposes, mm-hmm. it has to be crazy interesting and really well done for a majority of people to be like, yeah, this isn't wasting my time.
0: And you can't bash main characters in the head yeah. and, and cut the end of the season and then come back and say, we're going to do, like, three of these in a row. Right. These single plot line focuses, right. not going back to the repercussions of a main event. Right. Because we didn't want your
1: audience emotions and the characters' reactions to be too far divorced in the sea of time. Right. So we're immediately going to take a four, uh, a, a three-episode
0: one-shot detour. That's, yeah. And, I mean, you know, they did come back on that. But I, uh, my point is, like, they have to be timed correctly. Yeah. If you lose all your momentum by going to a different part of the story – I think you've done it wrong. And honestly, this was far from the worst one that The Walking Dead has ever done. Oh, of course not. Yeah, this, I'm, this, not, I'm not saying that. This didn't seem out of place to me.
1: Right, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. that these tricks are well-known and
0: and exposed. Right. So Barry C. From, that's the problem. Barry C. from the UK says, Almost scared to say it, but was this a well-written episode? <laughs> Several escalating tensions with the Saviors over multiple episodes instead of all crammed into one. Ditto quite a neatly done story arc with Richard. While it was obvious to anybody that Benjamin was going to die because he was the most obvious redshirt in the show's history, I doubt many people saw Richard's death coming the way it did. I didn't even mind the callbacks to the clear stuff with Morgan. Having said that, would the saviors really waste all that petrol for 12 melons initially, then for one melon the next day? Uh, And doesn't the fact that the kingdom stood and watched Richard get strangled to death by Morgan without even trying to stop it seem really implausible? Uh, we talked about that last part. but Yeah, man. Yeah, like, who, who
1: are you and what have you done in the Barry Sea? This, this, no, I mean, right. if it just has the problems you mentioned, yeah. which you can't buy the the conception of the, the, the scene, and you also acknowledge the titanic power shift that just happened and the show is oblivious to, the show is oblivious to the effect of having Morgan choke out Richard in front of Ezekiel and what that does to him as a leader. Uh huh. Like, I, I I don't I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's so weird. And it's also like just such 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 a bunch of remixes. Can you imagine if like Dwight had choked out their doctor in front of Negan?
1: <laughs> what would happen there? Yeah, I found out that this is the deal and I mean it's right. not even that's not even analogous. It's almost like uh I don't know. Like if if Rick if choked out the found Daryl sneaking around a property and he ch- he just chokes him to death and he presents Negan with his dead body like, I don't know like whose job is it to punish here, Negan's. Yeah. If Negan gets
0: wind of this, he's gonna be pissed.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And the thing is, I haven't, I couldn't say with certainty how Negan would react to something like this. Yep. It seems wildly implausible that Negan would trust this team of chuckleheads to do his his. Uh, you know, that's the other thing. Is this is the one place where Negan is sufficiently intimidated that he hasn't set foot inside of the kingdom. Yeah, but he trusts his by far least impressive and intellectually capable henchman yeah. to dealing with this very explosive political situation. Yeah, it makes no
0: sense. Yeah, I wonder. You know, how much communication he's got with this guy? Does he does he know about the situation that's brewing here? Like sure. Like like Negan had to be the one that negotiated the deal in the first place, and he hands him off to in l- the first place. Yeah, but how long has it been? You know, it's been a while. Has he does he get updates? I don't know. What, what kind of hands on does he have? Now, with, yeah, Negan is just guys? just a hand off manager. He's he might really- be <laughs> until he hears some bad shit, and then he just beats you to death. Yeah, uh, or throws you in the fire. Let's do some meta stuff. Okay, uh, Mike from New Jersey says he wants to offer some commentary on Scott Gimple and The Walking Dead as a whole. Do it. This might be controversial but we'll see after seeing Scott Gimple on talking dead last night a kind of sympathy fell over fell over me I see this guy who seems to be trying his hardest to make a show people will like but he hasn't had the time or experience to develop the writing muscles necessary to thread together a truly good plot or the management skills to properly run a production as big as the walking dead we don't know what kind of political dealings went on to put Gimple in the position he's in but he is clearly not he clearly was not meant to be the guy uh, if I had to guess, AMC Studios might have ruined Gimple's career. They shoved him into a position he wasn't ready for in order to save money, and now he would probably never get the chance to fully develop as a writer or producer. He should have stayed a second-tier guy who was afforded the space to make mistakes, as all developing writers do, but now that he is the head guy of this massive project, all of his inexperience is being magnified on his, this grand stage. I wonder how things could have been different if he could have continued to learn under someone like Darabont. Like I said, I feel bad for him. His career probably won't recover from this, and I think that kind of sucks. What are your thoughts? I I have some general thoughts. Um,
1: I don't know if his career will be affected because at the end of the day, he presided over a fantastically successful television show. That's the thing. That I would made the studio a shit ton of money.
0: Don't underestimate the clout of this project. Right, like. It doesn't matter if it was a perfect piece of creative work. Yeah, now, as far as the, the other stuff, it made a of money.
1: I'm, I'm sympathetic, and you, you, if, if you've if you listened to us for a long time, you know in seasons past that we were the one saying like, just give Gimple some time. You know, to to like, you know, he's saddled. The, like, we made a lot of excuses for this guy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I at least credit that. Yeah, he might not be the world's greatest writer and ready to take over all these reins all by himself. But at the end of the day, you know he's working with the guy who wrote the original material. The original material is right there, mm-hmm. and the decision is all there was always there to just like you know what, let's pull back and let's tell this story and get her and 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 find out how just 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 concentrate on adapting it and getting the best performances possible. And, and and keep it interesting and keeping moving. And instead, he has decided to go after big time flourish after big time flourish. You know, he, he and and go really complicated storytelling rather than simple. Mm-hmm. And I get it if if you want to try that a couple seasons just to see if you can do it, and then you get the feedback and it's mixed and you don't and and but but I just feel like that for too long. They've been trying to do these really – they're they're doing a really poor imitation of a high-quality drama rather than just, you know, being a little bit basic but telling the nuts and bolts and making the emotional connection.
0: Yeah, I would say, like, pull back, do a more basic story. You've got the format. You've got the template right there for you in the comics. And try and just inject some personality into it some but, fun you but know?
1: I, I don't you know I, you know I also don't know how what what kind of hiring constraints he has versus like you know is how much is he allowed to pay writers mm-hmm. when he's choosing his writer writer's room and all that because that's that's a big part of it like you know vince gilligan all the good showrunners they always say that it's like you know it, it's not just one person it takes it takes uh, a lot of really talented driven people to make the stuff come together and if yeah he doesn't have complete freedom on who he hires and you know also like how much of this is uh um the three big stakeholders seem like it's Nicotero, Kirkman and Gimple. Yeah. Uh I've heard that Kirkman is a piece of work to work for. Hmm. Okay. Um so and and what 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 is Nicotero where's Nicotero in this executive produ- producer kind of role? Um I, I don't know. There's
0: enough blame to, to pass around. For sure, yeah. I think the thing that I agree with most out of this email is the idea that Gimple probably wasn't meant to be the guy. I mean, we've seen Darabont We know and that for a fact. He wasn't and, meant to be the guy. And he was probably thrust into it prematurely. Um, I, I don't think this is going to ruin th- his I, And I think we can all agree that the number one blame
1: for what The Walking Dead is now lies with AMC executives. Sure. Yeah. They are the A number one buck stops here, chose to be cheap and short-sighted yeah. again and again and again throughout mm-hmm. this thing's seven-year run.
0: Yeah. Um, and you can see kind of that, you know, Gimple doesn't have that much experience, especially as a, a producer. I mean, he's he's done three shows. Right. But not the entire runs, just, you know, right. kind of one-offs here and there um, as, like, co-producer mm-hmm. and executive producer. But now he's kind of running the whole bang and it's, right. it's a big job, and I don't, I wouldn't say I even envy the position that he was put in. Right. Because I don't think I could do any better. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not saying that too. Yeah. Alex A. says, Morgan asks Carol, you found what you wanted, right? You got away from everyone. Is that what you wanted? Was it just too late to get away? What do you think the answer is to that question? Was it just too late to get away? She says, she, he, Alex? I don't know. I think the answer is no. We see Carol having nightmares, so getting away has not given her peace. I think what he means by "was it just too late to get to get away" is that Carol already loves the people she left, so she can never really leave them behind. Mm. How do you interpret the answers to Morgan's questions? Well, there were no answers. Carol stonewalled him. She chose the dot 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 dialogue path as well. Right. I think I think uh, you're right on there. That's a pretty good assessment. That's a pretty yeah. good analysis. All right, Bradley S says uh, he he wants to talk a little bit about Richard's characterization. And Morgan and his son. Right on, right Um, on. Starts off with Richard. So am I alone in thinking this actor sold this small role? He felt like a real person with complexity, depth, and a background. He was no JDM, mind you, but he served the kingdom as a strong presence. I also feel this was impractical in killing him off to the extent that he was a viable character in the show and that sometimes the show has shit actors. (laughs) Yeah, so he wasn't he's like that not, lower tier. No. Certainly, he and, was
1: pretty good. And I felt bad because I was laughing throughout a very intense and good <laughs> right. performance. But It was. I mean, they just, they just saddle him with really bad dialogue. And also, again, I got this massive info dump on Richard, the episode right. that he dies. Right. Like, I've been curious about, like, okay, he's going off to of this thing, and he's got this little cabin, and he's got, you know... Uh, and and he seems like he's really boffo about taking down, but I mean, this is all all Bass-Ackward's way of telling television. Like, you're supposed to show... Like, for me to really care about Richard, I would have... He would have told this story last season, and then I would see with my own eyes how his reticence towards the take action, he's now overcompensating for it, rather than being just told it minutes before the guy dies. Right. And that... I mean, it works. Like, all the, the information is conveyed the same way, but one feels like I'm just being told a lecture. The other, I'm allowed to look and and see this information and have it seep through my consciousness and, and, and evaluate this guy's performance and
0: how well he's doing it. I don't know. It's just it's a more interesting way to tell a story. Yeah, I mean, one allows you to feel something. The other allows right. you to understand it intellectually, and I don't – Yes. I think you need both, honestly. Yes,
1: Yeah. And again, maybe you need something like that in the episode he dies just to hammer home for the, you know, like George Martin's always talking about the three-step reveal. He like buries some details in, for like the 1% of the people they're going to pick up on it and mm-hmm. then he like pitches something towards like you know the more average intelligence like okay now everyone gets to feel clever and then for the people that still haven't figured it out he hits you over the head with it mm-hmm. um, and that like you know over the course of all these novels it allows people of various abilities to feel by turns smart and clever and they feel more engaged with the story et cetera. Et cetera. this there is none of That it's just always a third reveal bam hammer Right. You know, this is why you should care about this character, and this is why there should be a meaningful death.
0: Yeah. Yep, not my preferred means of storytelling. Uh, Alec, or sorry, Brad. Bradley goes on, um, you know, talk a little bit about this break that, that Morgan has and him remembering his son and everything. Uh says, as a person with a certain background, non-specified background, this did, did trigger misty eyes. Uh, moving forward, I'd like to see Morgan adopt the brother of his student. Um, talking about Ben's brother. Uh, but it seems Ezekiel is taking that responsibility due to his role in the death of Benjamin's father. Not
1: only like that, but the kid, there's another, I mean, I don't really give a shit about this eight-year-old boy in the zombie apocalypse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not yet. They had the most basic of groundwork being laid this uh-huh. episode, right? Right. Where he's He's flipping that staff around, but...
1: I know, but like are you going to wait 7 more years for him to be a really interesting character that's able to right. take place in 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 human drama? Maybe Carol can bake him something now that she's back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Benjamin dying is a is a bad is a bad time cuz Benjamin is a character who could have been an interesting part of what's going forward. Mhm. And Richard too. And now those are sure. both taken off the chessboard,
0: so yeah. Uh, He does say Lenny James, like Andrew Lincoln and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, sell the goofy and sometimes cartoonish material with the performance, in my opinion. Uh, Morgan and Carol, aside from Rick, are rounding into my favorite performances and characterizations. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've kind of always been my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with, you know, just the the fun characters to watch, like a Daryl or something. Right. And he occasionally has his moment in the sun. Uh, Sean in says, I was just wondering if you guys noticed the last shot of the show where Morgan was sharpening his stick. I think we noticed it. Uh, it appears he hears something because he stops and he looks back for a second. Given the fact that Morgan openly mentioned Carol's place in front of the saviors, is it possible someone followed them back to her place after Benjamin was shot? I am sure they heard Morgan say they had supplies there. So, of course, they wouldn't want to know. Uh, so, of course, wouldn't they want to know? About this newly stocked place, they were unaware of. Yeah, I mean, maybe I didn't notice what he's talking about here. I did. No, he 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 can looked back, and I made a joke in the live watch. Like, oh, he
1: little did he know that Carol kept the practice zombie in a closet at all times. Oh, okay. You know, just so she 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 didn't get she didn't lose all of her edge. Um, no, I I think I think it's just to show. I mean, it, it, maybe it could be there there again. How stupid is it for Morgan to be shouting directions of Carol's right. cabin and how stocked it is with supplies right in front of the Saviors just so that can pay off in another episode or three? Yeah, like I'll be there to call bullshit if that happens. But also, I think it's I think it's really just to sell us on how unquiet his mind is. Mm-hmm. He's he, they're, they're, he's he's paranoid. He's paranoid and he's preparing. Like that's the thing. Like he's gotten uh, his his throttle stuck between off and clear. Right. There's, there's no idle speed. There's no any, anything. It's just morgalizing and clearing.
0: Yeah. We'll have to, I guess, wait till next week to see. I didn't even notice it, so I don't have any comments on it. But all right. Uh, that's all I've got. That's it for the episode. If you guys want to send emails in for next week's episode, uh, send them to watchingdead at baldmove.com. I will be sure to read them, possibly include them in next week's feedback section. Uh, anything else you want to do before we get out of here? Nope. All right. And then we will see you guys next week for the third to last episode of the Final season. Final three episodes starts yeah. next week. The home stretch, as they call it. Uh-huh. We'll see how it pans out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you later. All right. Bye-bye.